What's up, guys? Welcome to the Strength Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kurkowski, and I'm so grateful for you to join me today. So in this episode, I am joined by the man himself, Brett Jones. He's the Director of Education for Strong First, and he's back on the podcast to talk about his highly anticipated release of the new book, Iron Cardio. So Brett's been one of the most influential people in my life. He's been my coach and mentor for years. He's one of the greatest minds in the world of strength and conditioning. And today we got to dive deep into this new book, Iron Cardio. So Brett talked in detail about this program, how it helped him regain his strength and the 40 pounds he lost after cancer treatment, the ins and outs of intuitive training and what that term actually means, as well as the traps people get into when it comes to this training. So Brett, he's one of those coaches you can listen to for hours. I'm always amazed at how much I learn every time we talk, and it's always an honor every time I have him back on the show. So I appreciate you spending some time with me here, and if you enjoy this episode, I hope you could take a moment, give it a review wherever you're listening to it. Please share it with a friend if you can help this, uh, spread the message of strength. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much, and now let's get on with the show with Brett. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the show. And Brett, welcome back, sir. It's been a Thanks, minute. Thanks, Mike. It's, it has been a minute, but uh, fantastic to be on again, talk to you and your audience, and uh, just appreciate the opportunity. Oh, always. Uh, I am always have a blast connecting with you and chatting with you. on. I think this is our sixth time on this podcast <laughs> between this and the other one. Um, so it's always a fun conversation. But honestly, I've been super pumped about this one because this is, you know, we're talking about the now conclusion of the book, Iron Cardio. We've <laughs> talked about it quite a bit before. It's been waiting in the masses, especially with this community, and now it's out. So first off, congratulations. I know this has been a huge work that you've been putting a lot of effort into. And with those things, I know it's like a love-hate relationship at some point of getting it completely done from there. So congratulations, sir. It's really awesome. Thank you. Uh, somebody gave me a quote, and I can't remember who it's from, but uh, books are never finished. They're just abandoned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's beautiful. And, and that's, that's somewhat true is that, uh, as I, as I reached the, well, a couple of somewhat funny stories, um, as I reached towards the end of like the editing process and stuff like that, and just realizing that you're, you're not going to catch everything. Um, I'm not a professional editor. I can't afford to hire a team of editors. Um, although I will say, uh, Guido Passante and, uh, Martine Kerr, uh, were the main like proofreaders, editors, and Martine did the design and she nailed it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it, it's great. Yeah. Um, but, um, I was actually with COVID, uh, and I knew I was getting close to finishing the book. Um, and Pavel sends me an email. He's like, Hey, let's, let's publish an excerpt this Thursday. This is like Monday. Let's publish an excerpt this Thursday. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm like, I can't sure. turn this opportunity down. Yeah. Um, cause it's awesome. And, and, you know, Pavel's been, uh, you know, just, uh, I, I, you know, I've been working with him for 20 years and, uh, I cannot imagine my career and, and everything without mm -hmm. all the opportunities and things that he's, he's provided. Uh, and this was just another example of this really amazing gesture yeah. to, uh, support the product. And, uh, but I was like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> It's go time. Like, yeah. uh, theoretically I I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with getting things right, not getting things quickly. And right. so like, I was okay taking my time. And, mm -hmm. and I, I use, if you remember the old movie, the money pit. So if you've ever long seen time, money, wow, a long time going back, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn back. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the contractor in that movie, the answer to how long is this going to take is always two weeks. Right. And, and you know, it's like a five-year process. So my answer to any project is two weeks. Right. And uh, it's like the Chinese restaurant in Seinfeld of like, <laughs> oh, uh, five, 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, getting it launched was fantastic. And uh, just, just really happy that it's out there. That's so great. And uh, I've got a chance to, to read the book, um, see the final copy. Uh, it's, it's so great. And we're going to dive into a lot of it here on this podcast. We've talked about it in uh, bits before. There's a few really cool topics I wanted to dive into, specifically on the intuitive training side. And, you know, it's one of those mm -hmm. topics that it sounds so beautiful and romantic. And I think a lot of people like that approach. But in this book, you also talk about some of the traps of intuitive training and kind of that 
real good, um, you know, comparison between structured versus intuition and how to really mold those together. But, you know, for, before we even get into it, like what I saw so much from it, and I feel very fortunate because I got to do a lot of this work with you over this time as you were building this together, which was awesome. But it's, it's such a beautiful example of, it's not just one training protocol. Like there's a program in there, but there's so much depth in, uh, in it. So it's like a training piece along with really a philosophy that you can use for strength training, which as we know, carries over into so many other different aspects. So I'm like, I was thinking like, well, who would be best to read this book? I'm like, I think anybody that's on a strength journey is really going to benefit from this book uh, from here. So it's, it's just beautifully well-written. And again, I, I can't praise it enough, you know, as we, as we dive into it here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Very, very kind. Yeah. So to, to get started, I know we chatted a bit about this before of how this really got started, but if we can take it back to like what inspired you to write this book? And then when did you think that, oh, this is something that I actually could turn into a book and start releasing out to the, to the community? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, I had put some versions of what was then known as strength aerobics in an article that I had written a few years back. Um, maybe I'd have, to, I'd have to go back and see which mm-hmm. article that was. Uh, but, uh, cause I've got 60 some on the strong first website. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I know it was part of an article a while back and from the time that the strength aerobics original article with Alexei Sonart and Pavel was published in 2014, I had kind of used some version of it as on and off in my training. And then, uh, of course, you know, February 20, 2020, diagnosed with cancer, uh, went through my cancer treatment um, from uh, March 30th to May 15th, lost over 40 pounds in the mm-hmm. course of treatment. Um, I'll have to send you one of the pictures of, of me at my stepdaughter's uh, high school graduation, uh, which of course was completely different because of the pandemic and, and right. things like that. And, you know, I look at that picture, the you know, picture will come up in my memories on my phone uh, every now and then. And I, I look at it, I'm shocked every time I look at it, I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I, I don't, I don't recognize myself. Um, so when I got started training again, having dropped from 205, had been training for Sinister, doing a lot of sessions with a 48 and, and 56 kilo and, and, you know, was, was making good progress and then get started back with training at 164 and, like initially I was like, oh, I'll just do some body weight stuff, you know, just kind of rebuild. And, and so pull-ups are going to be great because yeah. I'm 40 pounds lighter. This will be, no, I was struggling through two or three reps. Mm. Um, I, everything was hard. Uh, yeah. And what I quickly realized is, and this is kind of one of the things I, I know uh, uh, some people will say, well, you know, kids, for example, shouldn't do anything but body weight. Uh, they shouldn't pick up weights. They should just do body weight. Well, sometimes a push-up is way heavier than the 15 pound dumbbells that you can start. With. Right. Yeah. It's like, a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's better. You're better off starting with weights yeah. uh, versus body weight stuff. And that's kind of the realization that I came to. So step two, uh, get back to swings and getups. Yeah. Obviously. Well, I wasn't strong enough for the ballistics. The, mm. the stress of being powerful. And this is something that I've, I've kind of joked about for uh, a long time. You're, you're, you know, the old saying is, you know, um, power punishes speed kills uh, in athletics. Mm-hmm. Well, your power will punish you and your speed can kill you if you're not ready for it. Right. And that's kind of the realization that I came to is that uh, I, I wasn't even strong enough to get back into ballistics with a 24 kilo bell. And so step three was, well, let's get back to the strength aerobics, which came to be known iron cardio, um, a single clean, a single press, yep. a single squat. And let's just start there. And I remember going through and I've looked back and and the first session was 20 sets. And I don't know that I tracked total time. I'll have to go back and check that. Mm-hmm. But I uh, did, did you do 20. it more on like a timeless based strategy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I That actually when Pavel was putting together the second edition of Simple and Sinister, and he had shared this kind of timeless strategy with me. Um, I started implementing, and I had I had been very rigid in my training for years of putting myself on the clock and using very regimented uh, timeframes. And so for me, getting on the timeless strategy was like, right, you know, free free my mind. Um, and 
Morpheus quote that I also have in the book. And um, so um, that uh, was was my strategy. But uh, I remember struggling through the you know the twenty sets with uh, with the twenty four kilo, yep. mm-hmm. and then fast forward uh, X number of months or whatever it was, and I was doing sixty sets with thirty six kilo. Yeah. Uh, and so lot, and I've progressed even more, you know, since, since that point, mm-hmm. although I do think 60 sets is a top end. I don't know because the, okay. the, the volume you can get into, if you just do clean press squat, uh, three mm-hmm. reps per set times 60 sets, it's 180 reps. Yeah. I mean, the numbers get pretty big. So you throw in like a rep ladder, you're at 240 reps. If you get to 60 sets. Of, right. So the numbers, the numbers get big. Um, and it's such a sneaky volume too, because it is, it's like, it's that one rep at a time and you don't think of it like that. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a single, you know, it's a single bell front squat with a relatively lightweight for a squat. It's like, oh, okay, I can do this. But yeah, yeah multiply by 60, <laughs> 60 times. Like those are still real reps, even though you're doing them one at a time. Yeah. And it, it just really adds up. And, and I've found uh, kind of side note, I went, uh, I was doing some stuff with the NSCA. And one of the things that we were filming, I'm looking forward to the force plate data. We were on the Vald uh, mm-hmm. force decks and um, I'm, I haven't gotten the data yet because that's math and I don't do math. So <laughs> somebody else is doing math and, and you'll find out how little I do math here in just a second. Uh, but one of the other things we did was get on the accelerometer and uh, put the push band on and yep. do some two-handed swings and look at power. And um, two things. On the force deck, uh, Antonio Squalante uh, looked at it and he's like, this is amazing. He's like, you're right and left because the force deck gives you right-left comparison. They're overlaid. He said, that's incredibly rare. Uh, almost everybody we put on the force decks, you'll see a five or greater percent difference between right and left, uh, being pushing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like very symmetrical power production wow. uh, okay. within the swing and my accelerometer numbers, uh, when we did two handed swings with a 40 and a 48, um, were over just over 1800, uh, would be the kind of peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Antonio, is that, is that good? and he's and he's like well uh most everybody else is at 800 to to a thousand like you're you're pretty much doubling other people so so you're the ivan drago of uh kettlebell swings Uh, apparently um (laughs) either that or i i uh you know my my model is a little little off Mm -hmm. but um so I took that as kind of this almost kind of valid because I've been doing way more strength uh iron cardio Mm-hmm. Um, then I have ballistics and, uh, even though you can sneak ballistics into your own cardio. Um, and so I, I took that as like this really great sign that I've really rebuilt my power production and, and my ability to handle the ballistics, mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. And, um, <clears throat> so how did we get here where the book is released? So in the process of putting some social media stuff up and just, you know, how I do social media, it's. I, it's as I know what you're doing for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says it's as ineffective as you can get. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I just film a 15 second video and put a mm-hmm. little caption on and post it. Mm-hmm. Um, but people started watching uh, yeah. and I actually got an email from a, from a, a, a woman who trains with a couple other friends and they started looking at what I was doing on social media and taking notes, working out the variations for themselves. And they've been doing iron cardio for like six, seven months Yep, mm-hmm. and getting great results. They love it. And, and you know, that's amazing uh, feedback, but uh, in the process of starting to put some of that information out there, people were like, are you going to put a book out on this? And I'm like, well, okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? I'll just say, you know, t- it's so funny. I'll, people just throw that out there. of like, Oh, you should do a book on this. Like, Oh, okay. I'll whip yeah. it up today. And uh, exactly. <laughs> take a weekend, put, put, put that book together. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's so interesting that, so the, the force plate work that you did with Antonio was kind mm-hmm. of almost like a validation of all the work where actually your ballistics kind of came back. It seemed after not even really doing ballistics by just getting back into just the specific protocol that you were doing. 
Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I haven't done ballistics yep. because certainly I have swing days and I've gotten back to swinging the 48 mm-hmm. and um, I'm actually really enjoying two arm swings, the 40 kilo right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause one of my realizations uh, maybe for future works yeah. um, is uh, just how heavy do we need to go for ballistics? Cause yeah. I, what's happened for me in two arm swings is uh, instead of see, I, you could see greater power production. I did 24, 32, 40, 48. So we had a nice little uh, set uh, gaps. Um, I kind of plateaued between the 40 and the 48. Mm. And I think if we had gone to the 56, we would have seen a tail off or actually less. Power oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have one. So I don't know because I would have sworn it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, wasn't an option. Um, so I think, uh, the tendency towards going really heavy on the ballistics um, is maybe not the best direction. Um, right. And I think even for snatches um, and, and certainly I've, I've done snatches as heavy as the 40, um, but I think the 24 to 32 kilo range might just be optimal uh, for snatches. But anyway, that's a, that's a left turn into a completely different topic. Yeah. Well, that's something I will, and we'll definitely dive in that because I think that's one of the the traps even that you put into like when you get into programming, like avoiding just adding intensity for the sake of intensity, you know. And it's interesting. I when I had Antonio on the podcast last, we were talking about some of this research work that we're doing about readiness and kind of finding that Goldilocks bell of where you get the most force production and. It's so interesting. I think that dives so much into this whole topic of minimalism, you know, and I know you're a minimalist at heart. And it's one of those words, too, that is very it's kind of out there like, oh, yeah, I'm a minimalist. It's like, well, what does that actually mean? And it's kind of like, well, it means I'm going to get the most effect and the most result out of the least amount that I need to do. So it's kind of like in my head by swinging the 40K versus the 48, if you're actually producing more work with the 40 then focus on the 40, but it's still, it's almost like such a weird mindset, especially with the, you know, the, the go for the burn type culture that we have of like thinking just, you know, more is better on this, but it seems like a lot of the work that you did, it's, is it fair to say almost that like you were almost forced into training intuitively because of coming out of treatment and stuff like that, where it's like following a rigid program just was kind of off the, off the table. Like you had to do something. Is that fair to say? It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and combine that with the fact that I'm a bad program follower <laughs> period. Um, and I joke about it in the book, but it's true. Nobody sends me programs to experiment with because they know I won't follow them. Um, I'll send them an email later and tell them what I did with it. But um, I, I, I'm really bad at, at following programs. Now, having said that, I've followed almost <laughs> certain programs, like when I was powerlifting and and going through certain cycles. Um, did a uh, I can't remember the name. I did a squat routine that I yep. did because mm-hmm. I became squat obsessed when I was yep. powerlifting. Um, but um, and, and I even modified that because because uh, I that's that's how I roll. Uh, mm-hmm. So yes, it was forced and it fit because that's kind of where I've been for a long time. Okay. Well, let me ask you this because this term intuitive training, I've spoken about it a lot. Um, I've, I understand it and I've worked with it for quite a bit over a couple of years, specifically mm-hmm. with you and the work that we've done together, but it's still almost when people say, well, what do you mean by training intuitively? It's still kind of like, it's right on the tip of my tongue. And sometimes you have no idea exactly how to interpret it without going into a 30 minute description you know, channeling my inner great cook and just explaining it that way (laughs) from there. But in your mind, when you hear like of intuition or training intuitively, like how would you define that? Or how would you describe that to somebody? It it is a, it's an, it's a way more difficult answer and conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, usually I can come up with something pretty pithy uh, to to answer most questions, you know, just hundreds of workshops down the road, you get pretty good at, at, at being able to kind of, have an on the fly <clears throat> answer. Uh, intuitive training is more complicated than that. I mean, it, you want to boil it down to its most uh, essential level. It's I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it, it's, it's training by feel, uh, which can get confused with auto regulation. 
Um, but it, it's, it's at its most basic level, it's training by feel. It's training how you want to train uh, in that particular moment. Uh, my people have asked me like, well, how are you, like, how do you program this? And yeah. I'm like, I don't. I literally sit down in front of my training log and go, I look back at what I've done the last couple of sessions and I go, no, let's do something different. Um, and I'll think through some combination mm -hmm. like today. Um, today I knew I was short on time. I'm like, ah, I kind of want to do a weight ladder. I don't really have enough time for that. Um, traveling twos, double bells, done. Boom. And like, it's, I literally just get this feeling of, yeah, that's, that's what mm. I want to do today. And so I write it down and, and, um, and that's what I do. Yeah. So the, the, the answer almost seems insufficient to what it means, but yeah, it's, I do what I want. Um, which makes me sound like some, you know, 14 year old teenager. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe I haven't progressed much since then. Right. I don't know. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think that's the, the best way, the most, broken down way yeah. to explain it, but it is insufficient to the, the answer right, is insufficient yeah. to the answer. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a better question on it is actually to go the reverse and say, what is, what is not intuitive training? Like, <laughs> like where the, uh, you know, where do people get uh, confused with it in there? Because there's a framework behind training into and you know, intuitive, um, you know, with it, you know, it's not the, and I think that's one of the things you describe in the book that I loved. And I talk with Fabio about this is, the, the artist and the scientist, you know, where it's like, and I think the, the artist and hearing that sounds very romantic. It sounds mm -hmm. very beautiful. Ooh, like that's what I want to do. Like I want to go creative and stuff. And that's even where I was in that mode for a while before it's like, but yeah, there's the other side of it as well. There's the science piece behind this as well of keeping in here. So do you, do you think that people get almost like to attach to the intuition and kind of steer away from the science piece. Sure, uh, it's it's very alluring to uh, mm. um, go that direction and be the artiste. Yeah. Um, and there, there's part of that that we should embrace. However, there's guardrails. Um, if if there's you know anarchy is no rules, right? Right. Um, and not, I don't necessarily have rules, but I do have guidelines. And I, and I do think that through my experimentation and the work that I've done to kind of build this out, I've kind of come up with a few things that, um, you know, three to five reps per set and, and defining that as if I'm doing a right handed clean press squat, um, the, the highest number of reps I'll do within that set is five. So if I'm doing a rep ladder, clean press three, uh, and squat, that's five reps. Gotcha. I have found that that is as much work as you can do in any one set and still honor the rest of what you're supposed to be accomplishing within iron cardio. Mm -hmm. How did I find, how did I know? Cause I did rep ladders up to five. Right. And then I ended up doing a bad job of strength training and a bad job of doing the, the iron cardio stuff. So it was like, okay, well that's too much. So let's, let's pair that back. And um, so, you know, the, and even if you uh, let's look at something that's truly artistic, let's look at dance. Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at dance and all of the different styles of dance, you know, if you if you go Martha Graham or you go, um, you know, with uh, I'm trying to remember the birdcage uh, uh, scene at the fussy, moment, fussy, 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 fussy. <laughs> um, and but you 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 think about that, and so here you have uh, extremely artistic expression of human movement, yet you have guidelines. Yes. So that, you know, you're doing Martha Graham or fussy, fussy, fussy. Right. Um, so uh, that's, I think the best explanation of the artistic end of things is yes, we can be creative within these guidelines so that we know we're still honoring the thing that we want to be doing. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a beautiful analogy. I, you know, I kind of used um, the analogy. I thought kind of like if you're a basketball player and you're on a basketball court, it's like, well, here's your out of bounds lines that you have. You can't dribble outside of these lines, but inside the lines, do whatever you need to within the rules in order to get to the basket and score, you know, but like it's, that. it's kind of like if you, if you're just learning the game, yeah, learn how to dribble, learn how to shoot, learn the different hands. Then you become LeBron James 
and you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, it's like whatever you need to do because you've built those, those guidelines in there. And I think that's where that was kind of the, the thought that I had with the intuitive side, the creative side of being open. Like, yeah, like just openness just means there's no rules. You're not playing the game anymore. Like right. once you have the rules, now you're actually playing the game. And that's where I thought this protocol was, was so good for people who specifically people I thought who didn't have the, like maybe a rigid structure of like, Oh, I can train like this every day. Very kind of scattered type work. Like they might only have 10 minutes at a time or, you know, 15 minutes at a time, you can still do something in there. And it seems like this was like really the, the best approach that you can go into with that. hundred percent. Uh, I think it's extremely adaptable. Um, and, and I, for, for good or for bad, um, I, I kind of have this mindset of, I can make anything work. Hmm. Like what, what do you need? Like we, we can, we can put that together. Is it optimal? I don't know, but we can create something that will work within a given that given situation or answer that question. Um, and I, I think the, the, the different tracks there for the, for the extremely structured person and I, and I actually had this from a, from a friend um, who I had showed an early version of the manuscript to. And, and he's like, well, how do I know I'm not going to screw up? I'm like, how, how are you going to screw up? You're training. Like, yeah. just go, just go train. Right. Like it's, <laughs> it's work over time. Like if, if you're worried about every, you know, optimizing every workout and I get, hey, I'm not an Olympic athlete. And if I was training right. an Olympic athlete or somebody that had one of those elite level performance goals. Yeah. I'd be, iron cardio might not be the best thing to intuitive training and iron right, cardio right. might not be the best thing. Um, but that's not me. I don't have a goal. Right. Like I, I, I just want to train. And I think in training and I, I know it's popular and I've seen the memes and, you know, people have said, you know, you, you have to have a goal. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you actually enjoy training, I train to train. My goal in training is to is training because I enjoy it. Um, right. I, I had a lot of fun in my my little mm-hmm. twenty four minute twenty two minute session, um, and I think you have to reach that point. Like we're we're a society where less than twenty percent of the population has a gym membership. Probably five or six percent of that population actually goes to the gym and right. trains. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you can look at the home exercise trends and, and maybe there's more people than that. But when, when you're ballpark, at least 75% to 85% of the population of the United States does not exercise. Right. And one of the reasons they don't exercise is they don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's, that's it. So yeah, if you find some joy if you find, and that doesn't mean like it's work, mm-hmm. but, I, but I enjoy work. Um, right. And, and I, I know that's not everybody, but I, I think you have to hit that point where you enjoy what you're doing. Right. And uh, for some people, that's a structured path. They, they enjoy that. Maybe they're, you know, an executive or uh, a busy mom, busy dad yeah. uh, who's making too many decisions during the day. And when you get to the time to train, I don't want to make any more decisions. Just tell me what to do. Um, Or you're the person who uh, needs that expression of creativity because you can't do that in your daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, You're very structured in your work, right? So there's, there's all kinds of different uh, aspects to that can, can come into play with this. Yeah. You, you hit on, there's a few threads uh, that I pull on that, that I think is so powerful. One is the, I remember I saw, I think it was Fraser Kelsch a while ago spoke uh, when he was with TRX. And I think he, uh, he presented at a perform better uh, uh, piece. And that's how we started a conversation because it's a room of all coaches and stuff like that. We're all excited about being with each other. And he broke down like the percentage of people who had a gym membership, the percentage of people that went twice a week. And it came down to, I think it was like the population of San Francisco at the time in the midst of a culture. He's like, so he's like, if you guys, if you think that we're done here, it's like, we need to work with a lot more people and we need to make it more. It needs to be more fun. He was talking about it and enjoyable. And I think what you talked about there with goal setting 
is such a valuable thing. Like, yes, if you are working with an elite athlete, you know, who is, you know, if you Usain Bolt's trying to go from nine, eight to nine, seven, it's like, yeah, there's probably from some very specific things that they need to do in order to get there. But for the vast majority of us who are looking to be healthy in life and build strength up, like you can gain so much strength and so much health by just going into a training session every day and actually enjoying the process of it. But I think the hundred percent. Yeah. And I think the other piece there was the, you know, like the, I was, cause I was like that for a long time with people who were coming in it was like, just tell me what to do. And it's like, that works for a period of time. But if you really think about it, do you really want somebody telling you what to do in something for the rest (laughs) of your life? It's like bringing that a little bit of that own idea, like just taking a little bit more of that self-responsibility in order to get into it. And just having those little bit of uh, your own creativity. That's why I'm like the dice roll of what you put in there of like, here's an easy day, here's a medium day, here's a hard day. And just having that little variety, what I found with people, they get more in tune with it. They get more actually involved in it because it kind of feels like it's partly their idea. Ownership is huge. Yeah. Owner, ownership and giving someone ownership. And, and I think there's trainers that struggle with that because they perceive it to be more about them than the client, the student. Um, and, and you can hear that in different ways where all that person wasn't serious enough to train with me. Well, maybe you just did a bad job. Um, maybe they had other things going on in their life that they hadn't told you about and your, their ability to take action on the things you wanted them to take action on was limited because they were stressed. They had illness in the family, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, so, so you do see that from trainers where they'll be like, well, you know, these people aren't serious enough to train with me. Well, that's one perspective yeah. uh, to quote Dalton uh, from, from Roadhouse opinions vary. Um, so I think uh, I, I drop Roadhouse when I know possible. that's so great <laughs> um, on Netflix. On, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and I cannot believe left turn apparent there's a rumor out there they're going to do a remake and this must be stopped wow this must be stopped wow you 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 do not need to remake this movie (laughs) anyway um so yeah i think the ownership piece is huge and even for those people who are initially like yeah tell me what to do if you don't have some ownership and and involvement in the process and uh you're it's actually doomed to fail i i think Mm -hmm. um and, and even when I taught classes out in San Diego, um, I was I would all the time do victim's choice. Now, part of this was because we'd have five people sign up online and then 17 people would show up to class. Right. Well, my plan for the five is now out the out the window. <laughs> so literally, we'd be doing our warm up and I'd be like, OK, what do you want to do? I want to do swings. OK, what do you want to do? I want to do swings. Already been picked. Do pick something else. Well, let's press. Cool. And so, you know, go around the room and, you know, invariably one person in the room is going to pick rest, right? Have a rest period. Cool. So everybody likes that person. And then they know that everybody in the room hates squats. So what do they pick? They pick squats. Oh yeah. So it it ends up being this thing where there's this bouncing back and forth amongst the people in the group. And and there's this ownership of what we're going to do for that day. Um, and I think bringing that to your own training and saying, you know, that, that you're taking possession or you, you are responsible for this process and this thing that's going to happen, uh, it, it, it has to be. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like of doing something like that, which I love, it's like, it just, it takes some of the seriousness out of it and actually makes it more enjoyable for the people Why to get so into. serious? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, mean, I, I really want to pull at the reboot of Roadhouse thread here, but I'll leave that for <laughs> probably, probably later down the line, which is just hysterical in there. But um, shifting here, I had a question for you about the protocol when you got in, because originally when, uh, when Alexi and Pavel put this out, like the original protocol was clean press squat. And then the snatch was something that, you know, was added in, or I believe you experimented with. Yep. And one of those things that you mentioned in the book that I loved, it was um, trying to remember, it's the like linear progression versus exponential. Is that the right thing? It is. Okay. Can I, can you explain that to me a bit? Cause I thought that was really interesting because normally we always think of 
like progression as linear. It's like, oh, now you just increase here where you talk about the exponential increase, which is just by adding another rep does so much more than just, it's not one plus one equals two. It's much more than that. Yeah. It's a factor of two. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's a, and, and we tend to, um, from a progression standpoint, we do tend to think very linear. I'm going to go from five reps to six reps to seven reps to eight reps. Um, and theoretically, yes. However, at one of those points, the jump from the fourth rep to the fifth rep is not a one step. It's an exponential step mm. where similar to the Richter scale, which the Richter scale is not like a five is not one greater than a, a four. It's a right. thousand times more powerful. Mm. So, and, and you, you will run into things like that in your training where you take what you perceive to be the next linear step, but the impact to you and your system is exponential. It's way harder. Um, I did 51 sets of double bell, uh, double 32 clean press squat on my uh, birthday because I turned 51 and I don't do birthday challenges. And because you have to theory, <laughs> you have to make it a theme. Yeah. Why not? I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you only turn 51 once. Let's do something. Um, and, and to give you an idea, the last time I did something that was matching up the numbers was when I turned 44 and I did 44 sets of four, 44 kilo swings. Um, so it's been a while since I've done anything related to matching numbers. I did, um, the, I did the 36 getups in 30 uh, on the minute when I turned 36. So yeah, it's, we've all, I think we've all been there before. Yeah, it's drop a, a it, drop a comment of what your stupid birthday <laughs> workout was like. It, it's a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet like the, the 21 sets that I did today of the traveling twos, um, version of clean press squat, that was exponential. That was not all oh, you added a rep to each set. So it's four, you know, it's four reps per set versus three. Mm -hmm. That was six reps per set, seven reps per set of, of impact to my system. So it was not a one-step progression. It was factors of, mm. of, of intensity. That's yeah, that's so interesting how, because I love the analogy you used of the Richter scale on there. Cause we think it's just like one point up from there. It's like, no, it's a thousand times more. And I know from experience, I'm sure some other people have done the protocol, like the clean press squat day versus the clean press squat snatch day is it's not even night and day. It's like, like morning in January versus like <laughs> evening in August type stuff. Like it's so much different by just adding that one extra ballistic movement in there. It's Absolutely. crazy. And that also leads into the traps because that's yes. one of the ways that you end up falling into one of the traps of intuitive training. Yeah. So with the traps, I'm, I'm glad that's a beautiful segue right there that we can get into. So there's a first, there's a great excerpt and article on strong first website right now, if you want to just dive into that um, before you get into the book. But the five in here, I'm, I'm like looking, yep, I've been there. Yep, I've been there. Um, the chase the clock one, which I've definitely been on. But I wanted to ask you, did a lot of these traps come up? Are these things that you found in your own training? Were things that other people have uh, kind of asked you about? Combination of both? Or? So uh, definitely a lot of personal experience yeah. uh, in that uh, avoid the trap section. And Two things about me from a technology standpoint, I am willing to push buttons. Okay. <laughs> now that means I can usually figure some stuff out on my own. It also means I screw up from time to time <laughs> and I, I do things that can't be undone. And that's mm -hmm. a problem. Um, and from a training standpoint, I am willing to quote, make mistakes because I'm just enjoying the process and, and doing this in, intuitive training. So yeah, all of those are like, uh, and the one in there, you know, do the math. Literally, I had not done the math. I did not realize the volume that I was accumulating. And I sat down with Victor Carrillo for a lunch down at, when I got to Costa Rica and he had been watching my training and stuff like that. And he's like, uh, what did you, what would you do recently? I said, well, I did a rep ladder with a 32 kilo and, you know, I, I did 60 sets, you know, laddering to three. So I went through the ladder, you know, 10 times. And he's like, well, wait a second. He actually does math. And so he doesn't, he's like, that's 120 presses. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. And then you add in the 60 cleans and the 60 uh, yeah. squats. And now you're, you're 240 you know, reps. And uh, I'm like, huh, is that all right? Is that what, what is, like, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Um, so literally like, yes, these mistakes are mistakes that I've made and, hmm. uh, the linear versus exponential thing. Um, because one of the traps is always intense mm -hmm. and the way you've, one of the ways you fall into that as you choose different variations, um, and maybe you do a 40 set day of clean press squat. So you decide you're going to take it easy and do a 30 set day of clean press squat snatch. <laughs> mm. that's not an easier day. Um, that is just a different type of intensity. Um, and yeah, so that's a hell of a lateral shift right there. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. uh, what you end up doing is you end up canceling out where you decreased volume uh, of sets. You chose a more difficult version. And so mm. you just leveled the scale again. And so that's something that you kind of have to play with as you do different ver variations. And like for me right now, I know that clean press squat um, and my, my main training weight right now is 36 kilo. Mm -hmm. um, clean press squat is an quote easy session. Now okay. I can certainly make it more intense by not resting as much between the sets and things like that. But that's in general, that's an easy session. I've come close to doing the 60 sets in under 30 minutes, um, which is mm. pretty good density uh, for the, for the work, which is one of the you know, other ways you'd cancel out. So you, you might decrease volume, you might pick, uh, you know, or you might decrease volume, decrease uh, the um, intensity, uh, the difficulty of the session, mm -hmm. but then you bump your density and you accomplish those sets in a, in a shorter time frame. Well, that's another form of intensity. Like you, you've just, mm, okay. So, you did a pretty good job on two of them, but you forgot the third. And so you, you end up canceling out. So the workouts, while they all look different, they're all intense. You don't actually have an easy day. And so it takes some time to develop your own language, your own um, um, combinations right. that allow you to actually hit easy, medium and hard days. Right. Okay. So when you did like you did like the 60 sets, almost doing like in, in 30 minutes or so, which is kind of like that every 30 second type mark, if you're doing it on the clock, but you're doing that. Are you like just setting your watch, kind of putting it to the side, doing your 60 seconds and then check it and then, okay, I'm done. This is what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about it in, in, it's in, in there. Um, one of my uh, record keeping things mm -hmm. <clears throat> is I put the time down every 10 sets. Right. So I do my 10. I look at the clock, write down the time. I do 10 more, look at the clock, write it down. Um, yeah. Can we talk about that? Cause that was an interesting thing that you put in there of like, you had two different days that you talked about where one was less time. I think you did it in maybe like 30 minutes. The other one was like 35 minutes or so. And so naturally we think, Oh, the 35 minute day of the same thing is an off day, or I wasn't feeling as good, but you actually broke it down of the differences in the 10 set breakdowns from there and actually showed it that was actually a better day <laughs> versus Absolutely. the other one. Mm -hmm. And my recovery was very different after those uh, sessions. So what, what it showed was in, in the first session, um, I think I've knocked off my first 10 sets in like just over three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so I was cooking. Yep. Well, the next 10 took me um, like uh, five or six minutes. And then the next 10 took me like seven. And then I kind of leveled out uh, and, and hit a, a consistent pace. Um, the, the other day, I think I did my first uh, 10 sets in about five minutes. And then I very quickly leveled out into right around five to six minute um, intervals for the each 10. So time was more, but after the uh, session that where I came out of the gate too hot, mm -hmm. uh, I took two days off, two or three days off of training. I'd, I had kind of fried myself uh, yeah. within, within that session. The other session where I very quickly hit the consistent pace of five or six minutes per 10, um, I was ready to train the next day. Mm. They, they were the same session, 
but one of them I recovered from and was ready to train again. The other one I needed two to three days off yeah. uh, in order to recover. Yeah. So uh, there, there's just an example of chasing the clock and, and, mm-hmm. and then how, you know, a little bit of difference in record keeping allowed me to go back and say, oh, yeah, you know, this, this yeah. is why. Uh, so, yeah. That's such a, it's such an interesting thing. Cause it's such a natural thing that we do. Like I, <laughs> I always use the analogy, like when the GPS tells me how long it's supposed to take, like my competitive ass starts thinking I'm going to beat that time <laughs> right there. Like, so it's the same thing. It's so easy to think like, Oh, am I, you know, am I on the same time, you know, versus the, like, versus the last one, like I did it in 28 minutes last time. Well, if I do it in 29, then I'm a failure at life. And I don't know what the heck I'm doing, you know, from now, but when you go, yeah. like when you train into on that, like in a work constraint capacity, what is, do you have a, like a mechanism of when I'm ready to do my next set? Is it, are you doing a cardio like talk test? Is it more of like when you know your, your muscles recovery, so your speed's going to be okay in the press? Like what's your mechanisms that you use? So it's uh, first is breathing so that I know I can reset my, and, and that's different than the talk test because what I need to be able to do uh, within the iron cardio sequences, I need to nail the breath sequence that occurs. And so my breath sequence for something like clean press squat is I actually inhale during the clean so mm-hmm. that I'm set for the press. I have the exhale finishing the press. I have the inhale as I'm doing my active negative, And then I squat and have my exhale either grunt at the bottom or exhale through the two thirds or uh, mm-hmm. top, top third of the movement. And then little sniff of inhale to set the bell down. Um, you know, the dump of the clean and setting the bell down. Um, so if I do not feel confident in being able to nail that breath sequence, I know I'm not ready for the next set. Mm, okay. Now, how do I know? I screwed up a few times. Right. <laughs> you give <laughs> I, it a shot, right? Yeah. You give it a shot. Yeah. You, okay. And you know, you learn. Mm-hmm. And, um, so like even like today's session is a good example of that because with double bells, you know, the breath sequence is either correct or you're under, you know, heavy load and yeah. it's a, not having your breath sequence down <laughs> is not a great idea. Um, so that's step one for me is I know that I can reset my breath for the next set. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have a student that uh, is using a heart rate monitor. And they're very successfully kind of monitoring their rest, their recovery between sets. And they're using that as a guide. I've never experimented with that because yeah. I, I don't even have a heart rate strap. Right. <laughs> um, so I need to get one and start it, start experimenting with that. And just, I don't know what I'm doing uh, yeah. from, a, from a cardiovascular standpoint, tracking heart rate. Um, so um, the, the other, and then step two in that is I feel confident in nailing the press. And because I do train heavier within this, the iron cardio, uh, like I said, main training weight now is 36. I do uh, weight ladders that incorporate the 40. Um, if I do not feel confident of that 40 kilo going up, um, I rest. Mm-hmm. I, I wait till I am confident in, in that going up. And so those are the two primary things that, that guide me on when to start the next set. Gotcha. Okay. So with, the other thing you said was about like after that one session you um where it was like you pushed it you needed a couple of days of rest and recover after you shot out of the gate super fast the other one that you did you felt like you could train like the next day afterwards what's your biomarker that you use like intuitively in rest you just is it how you wake up how you feel the next day or is it mental clarity like do you have certain things that give you an idea of like okay this is a good training day for me um, it, it, it's really by feel. So yeah. wake, wake up the next morning. And, and, uh, so I, I did a, a, a silly workout the other day where I did the 60 sets of the rep ladder with a 36 kilo for the first time. And, uh, I was not training on Friday. Like I, I, I did that Thursday and I woke up Friday. I was like, Oh yeah, we're, we're not, we're not doing anything other than maybe go for a walk today. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's very much by feel. Um, and I do, uh, because of some of the volumes that I'm getting into, I do try to offset. Uh, so my next session was uh, Saturday and I did two arm swings. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do another iron cardio. I, I knew I needed another, I needed oh, okay. you know, pump the blood through my system, but I did not need that to be another day of pressing uh, bells. Um, so 
And then actually the next iron cardio session I did was a 32 kilo clean press squat snatch. Um, so just very simple, um, but allowed me to get back into the groove without too much load. Um, mm -hmm. and my RP on the 32 now is, 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 is pretty, um, uh, very repeatable. Right. Yeah. One of the other traps that you talked about, which I think we can all kind of be in is that always intense, like always think you need to do the harder and the heavier session, you know, from there. Have you found like the, like the lighter days, do you actually almost feel stronger sometimes doing the light days than you do during the heavy days? Oh yeah. I mean, I want, uh, so kind of, as I have trained and, and, uh, certainly been doing a good number of sessions with the yeah. 36, but initially it was like a, a weight that I would visit. And then I would train with the 32 and then I'd visit the 36. And, um, now I can stay at the 36 and visit the 32 for easy days mm. because my RPE, the 32 at this point feels more like a, a 24 or a 28 most mm. days. Um, the 36 feels more like 34, 32 kilo. Like it's and that I'm just, I, I give it those numbers because that's RPE can be difficult to translate. Right. Because uh, I think it's, well, how, how hard was that on a scale of 10? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. It's, I'm a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a seven. Like, I, I, I don't know. Um, but like, I know when I pick up the 32 and one of the things I'll do during my warm up is like, uh, I'll do, um, especially if I'm going to do the 36 or rep ladder or I'm sorry, weight ladder as I'm, and I, I will do a get up. I'll progress through my get ups using building up to the heaviest weight that I'm going to use for whatever that day is. Okay. But mm -hmm. if I'm doing two arm swings, the 40 kilo, I will do a 24, 32, 36 and 40 kilo. Get -up. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. So that I, I've touched that weight and I know yep. what it's feeling like for that day. Um, but I'll throw a press in to the 32 kilo get up. So I'll, I'll go up to standing, pull it down, press, mm. finish, finish my get up. If that 32 has that lower RPE on that day, feels like a 24 or 28. And I, I, I know I'm. You're ready to roll. Yeah. And like today when I did that, um, it felt like a 32. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that 36 kilo rep ladder workout is still with me. Um, right. And so I'm, I'm, you know, in some ways still recovering uh, from, yeah. from that session. So yeah, the, the, um, the idea that you, you got to get crushed every session, yeah. that, that everything needs to be intense. Like nobody that does manual labor would approach a day of manual labor like that. Right. All right. Yeah. Now there's, there's some days where the job's got to get done and you're going to push and you're going to be really tired at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. The next day's probably an easy day though. Once you complete that done. Yeah. It's uh, it is, it's common. You know, the RPE scale is so interesting because I've said like we, everybody, I think without being a advanced lifter or anything knows what a one out of 10 and a 10 out of 10 feels like, you know, it's like, you know what a one out of 10 day is where like everything just went to shit. It's like everything possibly that could go wrong went wrong. And then there's a 10 out of 10 day when you won the lottery and you got married and like everything all lined up. But those six out of 10, seven out of 10 days, knowing the differences, that's a challenge for a lot of people. So that's why I thought the iron cardio protocol was so good for understanding those. Like that's really where I think intuition and self-awareness, when you can really realize what a five out of 10 versus a seven out of 10 feels like from there. And some mechanisms like that of like, all right, doing a get up with what you feel like, how does it feel in the press? And I think what you said, Brett, on that is like, just played around with some shit and figured it out <laughs> and just Pretty go much. from there. Yeah. Cause if you, if you messed up on it, then, okay, you got another day tomorrow to figure it out again and build yeah. up. And that's what I loved about at the end of the book, which I thought was such a great thing that you did is you put in really your training log of the last couple of years of doing this. So you can see, yeah, this is actually what I did from here. And you can see it. There's a lot of different variations, a lot of different playing around. There's a bunch of different spots where it's like, yep, I did this consistently over and over again to see how it feels. So really seeing the practice, what you preach approach into it. Absolutely. Um, I, and I have to admit that uh, that's a student of mine uh, that I've has done, has done some sessions with me over the years who 
unbeknownst to me, was putting all of my workouts into a, a, a Word sheet oh. or an Excel sheet. And he's like, do you want this? I'm like, hell yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, actually, I probably need to send him a copy of the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I did or not. Um, but but it, um, that was one of the things that I was most hesitant about putting in the book. But it's actually one of the things I've gotten the most feedback on. Yeah. Like that people have really enjoyed. And I'm, I'm, um, so, and it is, uh, it learn by doing. Yeah. That you're just watching this thing kind of unfold as I, as I experiment yeah. with it. Well, I think what I saw from it is so much, it, there's so much great information <clears throat> out there and different stuff, but it can all be very ethereal. Like, and be like, oh, this is an idea of what we're doing. Like, this is a great idea. Give it a shot. But if it's an idea, and you can't really see the benefits from it. Maybe you know they did it. That's one thing. But then actually seeing like, yeah, this is me putting my the miles in and the reps in over the last couple of years. And also, I thought you did that yourself. I was going to give you great organizational props on it. So I'll give it out to, <laughs> to your student <laughs> on that one in there. Um, but yeah, no, it really, it took it from like, okay, here's a good idea and a good theory into, yeah, no, this actually works really well. Well, and the funny thing, when I shot the video, uh, cause there, there is a video as well, um, which just covers like technique for the four basic skills, uh, clean press squat and snatch, um, and then gives some basic programming examples and, and an actual kind of, um, follow along if you want to 20 minute workout. Um, when I did that and something as simple as the warm up, like, uh, and I remember Mike Perry is a really good friend of mine and, and we, we were chatting and, and he's like, well, what are you going to do for the warm up?" I said, I'm going to do my warm up." Like, I'm not going to just make up a warm up for this video because the, it's what I think would be cool on the video. This is actually how I warm up to train. Um, when I went, and that's why Arn, in the end, doing the video and, and actually getting the book done was um, easier for me because it's what I'm doing. It's right. this is, I'm not just to your point. Um, and I've read training manuals where somebody obviously had never performed that workout. Yeah. Because uh, one of them, one example was like a lunge workout that was, ended up being like 350 or 400 lunges uh, performed, and it would have taken you like three or four hours. Okay. It's like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did that this morning before I woke up. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, to use the buzzword, authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this has been awesome. So one more question uh, for you, Brett, on this. Mm. Um, so I want to be respectful of your time. But when we get into like the structure versus intuition, if someone was just getting started in this program, is it better for them to kind of follow more of like a structure, like just do this, just kind of get your feet wet of getting the reps in? Or do you think they can go right into playing around with the intuition and going into what's your thought on that? I, I think most people would be best served by setting the clock for like 20 minutes and ignoring it and just seeing how many sets you get in, in, in the 20 minutes, uh, stick with the basic variations. And that, that kind of what I do in the video, uh, clean press squat, clean press squat, snatch, maybe throw in double bells, maybe throw in traveling twos. Mm -hmm. So even with just that, you still have, 12 or 15 different variations that you can yeah. put together um, and just kind of run that for a little while. See how many sets you're getting in in 20 minutes. If you're getting 40 sets and, and just for everybody's clarity at home, right hand is a set, left hand is a set. That's two sets, not one set. Yes. Um, and, and so um, if you're getting 40 sets in, in that 20 minutes and you're kind of doubling the uh, the time in sets, then you need to extend the time frame or pick a more challenging variation and kind of use that as an initial metric to just get started. And then you can push the time frame to 30, um, 40. Uh, I did one the other day is 57 minutes because mm -hmm. um, I just, it was dumb. And I, I should have stopped. So I was <laughs> like, I'm going to hit 60 sets. And if it takes me an hour, it takes me an hour. Um, and so uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm willing to make mistakes, quote mistakes. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think that's maybe the the thing to kind of pull, pull together in there is that as you start to experiment with this and whether you choose to set a goal of 30 sets or you choose 
20 minutes, we're, we're using time. We're just using it in different ways, right? In, in time constrained, we're saying, do this period of time, track your total number of sets. Well, tracking total number of sets and seeing how long it takes you is just a different version of how you mm -hmm. use time. So whichever you know, and experiment with those as well. So once you get your feet wet with doing the 20 minute sessions and just seeing how many sets you get in, pick a number of sets and see how long it takes you to accomplish them. Right. And you'll start to get a feel for uh, which one appeals to you more. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's work constrained. I, I enjoy setting the target and getting to that target and seeing how long it takes me. Mm -hmm. Other uh, students and, and people that I have doing this, they love the time constraint. They love setting the clock for 25 minutes, do their sets and get on with the rest of their day. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, cool. cool. <laughs> and and I, I think with those initial starting points, you'll really start to develop your feel for what's happening within the protocol and what, what direction you want to take it. Yeah. I love that. And if you get it wrong, it's, you're still a good person <laughs> and try it again the next day. And, and just to, to say a couple of things about that is a, the worst thing that should happen from getting it wrong is you need to take a rest day. Yeah. It should not be a sore knee, a sore shoulder, mm. a sore back. Like the, that's not the kind of mistakes we're talking about. Um, cause I think too many people also accept the fact while well, I'm training, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get digged. No, no. Uh, training should be positive. Yeah. And do I push a little too hard sometimes and get sore and end up taking, you know, a day or two of rest? Yes. And there's times where I purposely overreach and, and I, I kind of have a couple notes written down for potential future article. Um, sometimes you allow adaptation. So you just punch the clock, you do mm -hmm. the work, right? There's times where you force adaptation. Mm. When I was in the process of really kind of going from the 32 to the 36 as a main training weight, I was forcing adaptation. Right. I knew I was pushing uh, and I knew I was pushing because I had a vacation coming up. Yeah. And so, and, and I tend to do very little when I go on vacation. Yeah. Train, training ones. And so, um, Again, the, the type of mistakes I'm talking about are a little too much intensity, a little too fast out of the gate, um, having to take an extra rest day. Right, right. Not the sidelined me for a week. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it is, that's, that's such an interesting, um, you know, juxtaposition that you said there of sometimes it's, you know, you need to push it a little bit. Like that's your force in the adaptation a little bit more. The other time it's punching the clock and there's times during the year when you can do that, you know, but it's like, if you get in the habit of thinking that that's all you need to do 365, you know, 24 seven, then that's when the issues pop up. Exactly. And then you, you don't step off the cliff, you fall off it as I think as Riff uh, pointed out. Um, yes. So uh, Brett, I'm, this has been awesome. Again, uh, I really appreciate you coming out. Seriously, I'm, I've probably said it a million times uh, with here and I'll continue to say it. I think this book is so valuable. It's uh, not just from the protocol standpoint, from the information, but just the, the philosophies behind it, the experience that you put into it, I think is so great. So again, congratulations on getting it out, releasing it. I hope everybody gets a copy of this because it will only benefit people. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much uh, for not only all of your input on over the over the uh, time frame that you've been doing it, but uh, yeah, it just feels good to have it out there and, and uh, super, super appreciative of the chance to come on and talk about it today. Absolutely. If people want to uh, dive into it more, maybe grab a copy, check out the videos. What's the best place that we can uh, direct the listeners? So if you if you go to the Strong First site and you look at the article um, and click the link for Iron Cardio, um, it says excerpt from Iron Cardio. Click Iron Cardio. It'll take you to the sales page. Cool. Um, strongandfit.com has both the video and the book. Uh, and they run some pretty aggressive uh, specials and discounts on an ongoing basis. So if oh, awesome. you go, yeah, if you go there and it's full price, just wait a couple of days. Yeah. There'll, there'll be a sale where you can get it for 50 or 60% off. Um, and so, and, and on my own website, appliedstrength.com, um, I'll, I'll have a sales page up there um, for, for people to grab, grab the, uh, grab the book. And then if uh, you go, if you're a, uh, Instagram person and you go to Brett Jones SFG, click, click my bio, my link tree. 
uh, has the product uh, link uh, there as well. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, Brett, another successful one. I think this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon here. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mike. And thanks to your audience for, uh, for listening. Absolutely. Bye, guys. See you in the next one. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. This group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now. Seriously, go. I right, much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.